and I have the great pleasure of inviting Chris Bennett up to the stage to share with us this morning. He's going to be sharing the last 6M, which is Messenger of the Gospel. And on behalf of Welton Church, we're really grateful to have you here, and we're grateful that you've um, given up a day a month to help with the team, with the communications, as an elder, as the treasurer, and giving a lead in the Enfest in the summer. So he's awfully busy, and he's got a young family as well. So I'm just going to pray for you, Chris, and then I'll pop back down. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for Chris this morning. Lord, I pray that you will open his heart to hear you and that the words he speaks will be from you and of you. And Lord, that for us listening, you open our ears and our eyes to hear what you want to say to us afresh this morning. Just ask this in your name. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be up here this morning uh, talking to you about Last of the Six M's. This um, series has been brilliant hasn't it? Just sing that last song, that last worship song, Freely You Gave It All For Us. That's why we're doing it, isn't it? That's why we're doing it, because he did it for us. He gave everything up for us. And we want to share a bit of that good news with those around us. So uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at the final part of our six M's. And um, I thought it'd be good just to look back through what we've um, heard about over the last few weeks before we go heading into Messenger of the Gospel. So we had Andy Street come to us um, a number of weeks back now, looking at the first one, which was modeling a godly character. And he, to- he talked to us about how God has been faithful to us. And he asks us to clothe ourselves in Christ so we can display kindness, gentleness, love, patience to those on our front lines that we meet. Next week, we had Jeremy, and he was exploring making good work. And how we've all got front lines. We've already talked about that this morning. We've all got a front line, whether that's work, whether it's volunteer work, whether it's meeting people in the playground, um, uh, picking up kids, or whether that's in a cafe, or just with our friends and family. We've all got front lines, and we need to really do the best we can be and do good work. A few weeks back, we had Linda And she spoke about how we can minister God's grace and love and how because God's done it for us, we can be doing it for others and we should look to challenge others in love and encourage and build up one another. A couple of weeks back, we had Chris White come along and it was great to have him over from Spain. And he was talking and uh, and unlocking about how we can be the mouthpiece for uh, truth and justice and how If we immerse ourselves in that truth of the Bible, we become more like Jesus, and that's infectious. And then finally, last week, Jonathan uh, talked about how we can, or how we should model culture, how the way that we do things, the people that we are, demonstrating the kingdom culture can make an impact to those around us. So it's been great these last five weeks, and we're on the last one. And I, I wonder if you can just take 30 seconds, and I know we always know this is dangerous in Welton, because when you say 30 seconds, it ends up being a lot longer than that. But just take 30 seconds and speak to the person next to you about what have you learned the most over the last five weeks. So just 30 seconds. Okay. If you can bring your conversations to a close, that'd be great. So... It's been a great series, and this brings us to our final week, which is Messenger of the Gospel. And in some ways, it's the crux of it all. 
And we're going to take some time this morning just to unpick the subject a bit. And as we've learned over the course of the last five weeks, yes, our actions, the way we live our lives and how we serve others is extremely important in displaying Christ and building credibility with our co-workers, our neighbours, our friends and our family. These things are key steps when it comes to being effective on our front lines. But let's not think of that as the end goal. Let's not think of that as the end of the story. It's just a starting point. It's just the building blocks. And the impact usually comes when we take it one step further and speak the truth of the good news about Jesus into people's lives. One doesn't become effective without the other. If we speak truth into people's lives but we're not displaying godly characters, then it just waters it all down. So our text this morning uh, comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16. If you want to look that up in your digital Bibles or your paper Bibles for those traditionalists out there, it's 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 to 16. And we read, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Now, uh, confession time. I'm often rubbish when it comes to birthdays, especially my wife's. Um, I'm terrible when it comes to birthday presents and I'm sure Caroline will testify to that if you ask her later how many disasters I've had over the years. Well, last year I was doing my usual thing of getting rather stressed about what I was going to do for Caroline's birthday. And then I remembered several friends recommending the Pig Hotel uh, near Pensford, I don't know if any of you know of it, uh, as a great place to have a special evening. And well, I booked it up as a surprise, and we went there, and we had the most wonderful meal. Caroline was well impressed. I earned lots of brownie points, and it saved my bacon, if you excuse the pun. <laughs> now, I would not have known about the Pig Hotel had other people not spoken to me about it, how other people had not recommended it as a place to go, how nice the food was, how lovely the setting, and how brilliant the service was. Good news is good news for a reason, is it not? And we should want to share it, just like those about shared about the Pig Hotel had shared with me. And we're going to look in a minute about how we're instructed in the Bible to share it, how Jesus did it and showed us how to do it. But if we truly believe the good news of Jesus is the best news ever, and we don't, we, we do, don't we? Yes. So why would we want to share it with those we love? our friends, our colleagues, our neighbours. So, simple, isn't it? There we go, preach over. I'm going to sit down. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly it's not that simple. And as Jonathan shared last week, there are many things that can get in the way of us being who God has called us to be. Chief of those, the evil one. When we share the good news, it must be a dagger that wants to stop us doing. So it's unsurprising that Many of us, um, me included, struggle to do that, struggle to share uh, the gospel. Well, hopefully this morning, um, as I've been doing some research, 
Um, I've pulled out a few key pointers which I know I miss, and I'm sure some of you will be with me in it, um, that can really help us be more effective uh, about sharing the gospel on our front lines. So we're going to look at five things. We're going to look at it's a biblical principle. We're going to look at how we should be doing it in partnership. We're going to look at how we should be doing it prayerfully. How we should be doing it through relationship. And then finally, that we should be expectant. So let's look at the first of those, biblical principle. So wherever you look in the Bible, you can find stories of people sharing the good news. And there are also many places in the gospel where we're instructed to be a messenger. Romans 10, 14 says, How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And a passage goes on in verse 17. So faith comes from what is heard, and what is heard comes through the message about Christ. Mark 16, similarly, in uh, verse 15 says, Then he said to them, Go to, into all the world and preach the gospel to all nation, all creation. And then there's a great commandment in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, and we've already looked at that last week, which says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Yeah, we looked at that last week, that that's baptizing is about lots of things, baptizing people, but it's also about sharing the good news. So it's clear we're called by God to share the good news to those around us. But how do we do that? Well, I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes it can feel like hard work or a tall order, or maybe it feels like a bit of a burden sometimes. And maybe this little clip I'm going to show next sums up how some of us might feel. Sometimes I feel like I've not got the right words. I can't find that perfect right moment. Maybe I'm not even holy enough or worthy to be a messenger of the gospel. Well, the truth is, God in his immense power and might could find many other ways of, of reaching the lost and sharing the good news. But he chooses to allow us to join him in his work. He doesn't want us to feel like sharing the good news is a struggle. Well, I've learned over the years that if we start from a posture of working in partnership, in team with God, with his spirit, then things become easier from there. Another important thing that I've learned over the years is we're not called to answer every question. We can't put that burden on ourselves. That would be an impossible ask. We are called to proclaim the story of Jesus and what that good news means to us. Uh, I don't know, maybe you're afraid that your faith, uh, to share your faith because you don't know what to say. Or maybe you're sharing the gospel, but nothing's happening. People aren't committing their lives to Christ. You may be asking yourself, am I doing something wrong? Well, you can't open someone's heart to the gospel. But God can, by his Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul wasn't eloquent, but God used him because he depended on the Holy Spirit to guide him. And we read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 to 5. 
where Paul writes, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not the wise, persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Do you know, God um, guided many others in the Bible as well, like Moses, who at first asked God to get somebody else to do the job for him, uh, to lead the Israelites to the promised land. Or Jonah, who didn't think that the wicked Ninevites deserved God's mercy and tried to run the other way. But we've got to remember that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And as Christians, we are called to share what Christ has done for us. But we do it not under our own strength, but in partnership with the Holy Spirit. Prayer is key. We need to be intentional in being the messenger of the gospel. Yes, God can still work through us when we're not expecting it, but we are so much more fruitful if we're expectant and ask God to use us. By asking God to put on our hearts who we should be building relationship with and speaking to. It's also really helpful to be accountable to one another. And later we're going to have an opportunity to share with one another one or two names of people who are on our front line that we can commit to each other to pray for. But more to come on that later. Prayer is the absolute starting point. It aligns our heart with the Father's heart. And when we ask him to reveal where he is at work on our front lines, because he's out there working already, and whose lives he is working in, because he's working in people's lives already, he will reveal those places and people, and we'll be able to recognize them. One of the great things that uh, I've got in my company is they allow networks, different sorts of networks, and there's all sorts of different networks you can join. One of them is Christians uh, at NatWest. And we use a, a great prayer quite often in that group saying, um, Lord, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, hands to help, and a mouth to speak boldly. I don't know how often you pray that God will reveal those people and those places on your front line to you. The next key for me is building relationships. Through building relationships, we can start to put into practice some of the previous six M's we've looked at, like making good work and ministering grace and love. By building relationships, we can understand how we can meet people where they're at. This is important because it's what Jesus did. Do you know, I'm often a bit slow. A lot of you probably already know that. But it's much easier when we follow Jesus' example. And there's some great pointers here about how we can share the gospel. Jesus himself adjusted the way he shared the gospel, depending on who he was speaking to. When you watch Jesus in the gospels, he does not give the same stock, finely rehearsed answer to everybody he meets. He pays attention to them and he treats them according to their need and uses the parts of the gospel they most need to hear. When he was touched by the woman who suffered from bleeding, 
Jesus discerned that she needed both physical healing and to be seen and honored. When Jesus met the rich young ruler, he knew the man most needed to be freed from desire to have financial security. And when Jesus met the woman at the well, he knew that she was longing for freedom from stigmas that had been placed on her. In each of those cases, Jesus started with a need and then the conversation about the good news he offered. I don't know, I think we need to think about where we can meet people where they're at. Who is it as God's been putting on your heart? What's their story? And what does good news mean for them? Okay, the next bit is another key bit. And actually it comes on after the other bits we've explored. Wherever we are, we should expect God to use us. God is at work all around us. And he's put us in the situations we find ourselves in for a reason. Whether that's our place of work, the mums group we attend, the golf course and the clubhouse we're a member of. Wherever it is, this is our front line. And God has put us there to do his work. Again, in my Christian group, one of the guys who's much more eloquent than me, uh, he put it this way, and, and he was speaking in relation to his job. He said that he views himself as a full-time missionary. The bank just happens to pay his wages. That's a great starting point, isn't it? And something that's really spurred me on. When we believe that God has put us in a situation for the sake of his Gospels, we will not view sharing our faith as surprising or rare experience. We can expect him to regularly use us in the lives of those around us. It's also useful to remember we only play a small part in somebody's story sometimes. Some time ago at a leader's event, we did an exercise, and some of you may have done this exercise, where we mapped out all the different people who had been part of our story of getting, uh, coming to faith. And it was just amazing to me, that not only my story, but everybody else's story in that room. It wasn't just one person who took you from not knowing Jesus to having faith. There was a series of people in that story. So I'd encourage you, never, ever be discouraged if you don't see that story from beginning to end. You know, sometimes we're just one link in a chain. And the important thing about a chain is if that one link is gone, the chain is broken. So don't be discouraged when it comes to not seeing the story from start to end. The truth is people need to hear the gospel, to hear that God loves them, that Christ died for them, and they can have eternal life. Going back to Romans 10, 13 to 14, it says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? So, as a reminder, we've looked at the messenger of the gospel because it's a biblical principle. And we should do it in partnership. And we should do it prayerfully. And we should do it through building relationships. But most of all, we should be expectant that God's going to use us. So in a bit, I'm going to pray. And we're going to spend the next two or three minutes with um, the person sat next to us, um, don't, I don't know if you've come with somebody, but we're going to 
get together in twos and we're going to share just one or two people who may be on your front line. And then we're going to exchange those pieces of paper. And I'd love it if you commit to sharing, uh, to uh, praying for that person who's on that piece of paper. If you don't know and you haven't thought of somebody who's yet on your front line, write your name down on that piece of paper and get your partner to pray for you that God will reveal those names and those places to you. So we're just going to pause now and I'm going to bring things to, to a close by praying. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you. Thank you for this series that we've been um, doing over the last six weeks. Thank you that you call on us to be messengers of your gospel. You allow us to join you in that work, in building relationships with those around us, by displaying godly characters, by doing good work, by speaking truth and justice and showing love and compassion, but also speaking into their lives about the truth that you are the way and the light. Father, would you spur us on? Would you give us fresh um, enthusiasm? Would you give us fresh inspiration to be the messengers of your gospel in whatever place we find ourselves in, whether that's our paid work, whether that's just with friends and family, wherever we are, Lord, you've put us there for a reason. Would you reveal those people to us? Father, would you, yeah, just be with us as we go out into a new week, Lord, as well, and reveal those places and those people to us. Yeah, Lord. Amen.